The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Roadwire Prospect Podcast, brought to you by FanDuel. Clay Link here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. And James, football season kicks off tonight, but we're still, you know, nose to the grindstone with baseball, trying to finish strong in our leagues. I have some topics to touch about, touch on today. More kind of wide-ranging topics. Um, and we'll start with, you know, the fact that we talked about grievances. I kind of said offhand, like, why can't they just be honest with the players? You're like, well dumbass because the player could just file a grievance uh now there's a lot of talk around the baseball world about these situations because vlad jr not coming up eloy not coming up even some talk about the, you know maybe the buxton situation um maybe having something to do with your know, long-term control over the player um it's really touchy but i think we may be headed toward a pretty lengthy and maybe ugly stalemate when the next uh, cba comes up yeah, and I got into uh, a Twitter sort of back and forth with with some of my favorite uh, 
Twitter pals uh, the other day, and it's, you know, when we say, whenever someone says, or an analyst uh, that kind of does what we do says, like, the team would be stupid to call Eloy up, or they'd be stupid to call Vlad up, like, we're definitely not advocating for the team's keeping those guys down as like that's that's what you know they should do i mean like it obviously the the player deserves to be up like I, i'm always on the side of the player over the team like i hate oh, yeah. like I, I hate probably 99 percent of sports owners i mean they're all just i mean you don't get to be a sports owner without being a super greedy person that takes yeah. advantage of the people underneath you um and like, there's just not, there aren't good people in, in sports ownership. I mean, I, I don't really care about, uh, you know, if they donate to charities and stuff like that. I mean, that's all, uh, you can write that off in taxes and stuff. I mean, that they're just, they're not, they're not going to put, uh, a player like Vlad Jr.'s well-being ahead of their own. And like the, the people in the front offices aren't going to put a guy like Vlad Jr.'s well-being ahead of their ability to give themselves the best chance of fielding a a world title team and uh so whenever like we say you know they should keep this player down now i sort of feel dirty saying that just because i don't i am not advocating for that at all i want these guys to be up i want them to be up as soon as they deserve to be up it's just within the rules it's what you should expect them to do like they should expect like sure it should be expected. Right? Like what are their incentives to calling the player up and what are their incentives for keeping the player down? And if you look at those, it's easy to see in these situations why the team is choosing to do what they're doing, even if we disagree with why they're doing it. Um, it's just easy to see why they're doing it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of time yesterday putting together like a plan to try to, uh, like a proposal basically to, to try to make things fair for the players um, and try to find a way to close as many of these uh, as many of these things like sort of in the rules that would incentivize a team to keep a player down uh, longer than they should. And then I just kind of, I, I forwarded it around to, to some of my buddies and like, I just got kind of sad because it's like, well, what's in it for the owners? And it's, yeah, there's nothing in it for the owners because yeah. they have, their biggest advantage over the players, and it's not even close. I mean, it's their biggest advantage in the entire sport is that they get this high quality labor for this long and this cheap. Like they're never going to give up that advantage. Yeah, that's well put. Um, but yeah, I'll just say. I mean, you said you kind of feel bad saying that. It's like, well, it's our job, and you, know, you focus primarily on prospects, and uh, it's our job to look ahead and try to predict things and that's what we're trying to do and just trying to take our best guess and when you're we're doing that we have to factor in the business implications on the other side of the coin the argument can maybe be made that keeping these guys maybe isn't keeping them down maybe isn't best for business because it turns off the fan base but i think you know when you factor in the extra year you know full year especially when you're going to be competitive that year and the profits in the postseason and the you know the revenue generated uh, by attendance and and uh, concession sales on with a winning team. You know, putting a lot of butts in the seats throughout the summer. I think it's pretty obvious that it is in their best interest, business wise. Because even if fans are turned off a little bit, it's not like they're going to completely be driven off from from baseball entirely. Yeah, there are maybe like three markets or four markets where 
even if you win, they might not necessarily come out and, and pack the place. But mm-hmm. for the most part, if you put together a winner, uh, the fans are going to show out. Yeah. And the the guys that are in these front offices today, I don't think a lot of them give a crap how many people are in the seats. Like they they just want to like their idea of doing the best they can at their job is to put together a team that is a sustainable winner. And that's how they judge their success. Like they're not judging it based on keeping the fans happy, like year after year after year, they just want to do everything they can to put together a juggernaut. And then they, you know, feel good about themselves. Like, you know, they all kind of want to be, you know, the next Theo Epstein, the next Jeff Lunau. And, you don't do that by appealing to your fans year after year, even when you're only winning 75 games. Yeah. And like those, you know, hundred or so fans that are like, well, I'll, I'll never go to another white Sox game or something, or I'll never, you know, I'll never watch the blue Jays again. It's like, that's a very, very small minority. And you know, if you go and are a fan of another team, (laughs) you're going to run into that again down the line. And if, if you're, truly bothered by the employer employee relationship if it bothers you so much that you know you are just so dead set that like these teams are are just being awful employers and stuff I mean you really shouldn't even watch sports in the first place I mean it's it's really it's not just a baseball thing I mean it's this is probably uh, the worst setup in terms of the best players making the least amount of money uh, during those years. But um, I mean, the way NFL teams treat their players is just abhorrent. Uh, Worse than baseball. Yeah. Well, unless, unless you want to factor in the minor leagues. I mean, the, the yeah. way, the way uh, minor league players are treated is just Paid, you know, yeah, criminal. Really uh, I mean, the NBA probably has the best setup. Um, but even then there's a, a salary cap so that a guy like LeBron James can't make his, his market value. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's just, I'm, I'm pro worker. <laughs> like I, I oh, am, yeah. am, you know, hundred percent behind people, uh, getting treated fairly by their employers. But if that bothers you so much, like that, you're just not going to be able to escape it in sports. Yeah. It's a sad reality. And we had talked, you know, a couple of years back about how baseball really had a better union than a lot of other sports. And I still think that's the case, but this has kind of become a, an ugly black eye in the sport. You know, they are really literally taking money out of these guys' pockets and really hurting the game of baseball. Because if, you know, Eloy and Vlad were up and then you add him to what, like, Acuna's doing, it'd be pretty exciting, uh, kind of a shot in the arm for baseball, but we just have to wait a whole winter to see these guys. Yeah, and I... I the tweet that sort of led to this whole thing is like I, I was saying, like you can't. There's a big difference between like holding Eli and Vlad down versus holding Peter Alonso down, and uh, <laughs> that was just sort of, you know, for several reasons. Obviously, I, I I think there's a gigantic gap in terms of the the quality of prospect between uh, Eli and Vlad and and Peter Alonso. Um, so like, if you brought Eli Jimenez up or Vlad Jr. up when they deserved it, you're talking about a, a gigantic story in those markets like you, you, I mean Eloy Jimenez could go down as the best White Sox hitter since Frank Thomas like Vlad mm-hmm. Jr. could go down as the best Blue Jays hitter of all time like th- those are players that would just completely uh, not only invigorate their market but invigorate the entire game whereas Peter Alonzo 
sure, like your diehard <laughs> Mets, Mets fans and, and his fantasy owners are going to be excited. That's it. It's not going to be a thing that they talk about every single day on MLB Network. Um, and then the second part is like just Eli and Vlad, like these these guys are just absolute no doubt uh, number one, number two prospect in the game. Uh, Peter Alonso is a, a pretty good Dynasty League prospect, but uh, I'm guessing when those real life top 100s come out this winter, I really don't see him being in any of the top 50s. Like maybe there's a chance that the you know MLB.com or Baseball America or Keith Law or whoever uh, decides that he the, the the bat is good enough that we're just going to overlook the fact that he's a bad defender. We're going to overlook the, his age, the fact that he's a righty righty first baseman in the NL. Uh, but I just I don't see him being a top fifty real life prospect. So you could bring a guy like that up. Uh, I think plenty of teams in the Mets position would actually bring Peter Alonso up because you know lo- losing out on uh, you know four months of control over that player isn't really the end of the world. Yeah, a lot of good points. Well put. Do you have any thoughts about the Buxton situation? Because that's a unique one, uh, different oh, yeah. than the Eloy and. Vlad ones on the 40 man of course it's not like he's gaining much uh valuable experience you know sticking down but do you know why they're keeping him off the major league roster um I think that it is service time related uh I believe gosh I, I heard it the other day um I want to say it's ARB-related. I, I might be wrong about that. But, I mean, I, I, it's benefiting the team uh, by not having him up for September. Um, but the, you got to get a long look at, like, J.K. Yeah, it, well, I, I was also going to say, like, a tidy fraction of it might be that they actually do want to give J.K. more at-bats uh, because he hasn't been terrible. Um I mean, that one really sucks, though, right? Like, yeah. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's just had a, a really sort of depressing uh, big league career thus far, in part due to injuries, in part due to inconsistencies when he's been on the field. And, you know, he was starting to get into a bit of a groove uh, towards the end of the AAA season, and then, you know, he doesn't really get to continue that at all. Uh, that one's a, a real shame because you're just being so... Uh, just cold about it you know you're yeah. just like you've been up in the big leagues plenty but we Did have he this... win a gold glove too <laughs> i, I mean he won he, a gold glove last year he's the best defensive center fielder and i mean he might be the best defender in baseball when when he's healthy uh, so yeah that one's really sad i'm hoping that once the rays uh, or once um triple a durham gets either wins or gets knocked out of the international league playoffs I assume Austin Meadows is going to be up, but that's another one where if if Austin Meadows doesn't get the call after the International League playoffs, that would be almost worse than the Byron Buxton one because yeah. that guy's just uh, on an all-time heater at AAA, and he was awesome in the big leagues earlier this year. So I assume he'll be up. Uh, the Buxton one, I guess, like, I don't really see any re- way to justify that. He's on the 40-man, like you said. Like, even if you think he's going to struggle again in the big leagues over these final four weeks he's on the 40 man he's your best defender like he theoretically should be up there yeah you think so and we talked recently and you said you were going to die on that hill with buxton 
So I'd imagine that means you're going to be back in on him next year. Oh, yeah. um, but where exactly are you willing to take that plunge after all the trials and tribulations this year? I'll take the plunge probably wherever it is because I just I don't see him going inside the top 150. Probably I, not even like the top 250. I yeah, know. I mean, I'd, the lower he goes, the better. I'll take him wherever that ADP kind of sweet spot is. You know, two rounds ahead of that is probably where I'll just take him in all my leagues. Um, yeah, I guess I was just wondering because we have that like Arizona Fall League draft coming up in a couple months. Of no yeah. ADP available at that point. I, I expect to end up with him in that draft, and it's just going to kind of be one of those things where... Um, you just know the time's right. Yeah, I, I mean, it's going to just be a gut call for sure in that league. And uh, the fun thing about that league is there really is no ADP data that yeah, you can rely on. Sweet. So you are sort of set at You're a guinea pig, essentially, and you're setting the ADP data. Uh I like I said I'd I'd be fine taking him inside the top two hundred. Um, I'm going to ask you a, a little bit about your uh, TGFBI team and uh, NFBC draft champions team in a second here. Like I I took Byron Buxton with my third round pick in TGFBI and still ended up with a pretty good team. Uh, but the reason I'm not going to win the overall is because I'm middle of the pack at best in stolen bases and like he was my steals guy. Yeah. Uh, so like that, that really burned me this year, but I took him in the third round. Like I, this one bad year isn't going to make me move him outside my top 200. I mean, he, he turns 25 in December. Uh, the, the amount of big league reps he's had over a consistent stretch when he's been healthy is just extremely uh, limited. And I mean, I think uh, Ryan Bloomfield had a good tweet the other day just kind of showing where the guys that have 25-plus steals were drafted. Uh, pretty much all of them, except Malik Smith, I think, were taken inside the top 150. Uh, Byron Buxton, to me, is a lock to get 25-plus steals if he stays healthy next year. And I said that this past year, and that obviously wasn't true, but I'm still going <laughs> to keep saying it until it ends up being true. And uh, stolen bases are... Have, kind of proven to be my downfall in a couple leagues this year so uh i'll be happy to bring him back aboard yeah malik smith has been crazy I actually have him in tgfbi i was happy to be able to plug him back in this week but uh one other guy i wanted to just ask you about not prospect eligible anymore but clint frazier so i know when he was prospect eligible you had you know inside the top 100 fairly high on him uh another setback with the the concussion issues how worried are you for him and his playing career uh, it's it really sucks, man. Like, I yeah. mean, is is this the worst concussion case since Justin Morneau? Yeah, maybe. It's been one setback after another. Yeah, I, and it's you know I think the Yankees maybe rushed him back that first time, but then after that, when it happened again, they they really I think did their due diligence, and it's not like they really need him at all. Uh, so the fact that it they're giving him all this time and it continues to be an issue it's pretty scary and uh dynasty stock obviously way down uh not a cut yet for me in in rdi sized leagues but uh in those you know like a 15 team keeper league or something i think he is probably a cut at this point 
Yeah, I'm with you. A uh, quick note from our sponsor, Fantasy Baseball Fans. Still about a month left. Still time to play on FanDuel, which offers the most exciting ways to play fantasy baseball, no matter what you're looking for. Excuse me. FanDuel, the excitement of fantasy baseball without the full season grind. Something for everyone. Tons of different contests and formats to choose from, starting at just 25 cents. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time. Uh, we got the FanDuel football uh, thing coming up too i'm excited for that hopefully rack up some more fanduel points but you can play against your friends for bragging rights or play against the public for millions in cash prizes to take advantage of our special offer for new users sign up today at fanduel.com slash rw you get a free six-month rotowire subscription to help give you all the tools you need to be successful with your first deposit on fanduel just visit fanduel.com slash rw void where prohibited and james we kind of wanted to do a shorter show today talk a little bit about just what we're trying to do in our respective leagues, especially where we're competitive to try to, you know, secure a championship, do what we can. Um, I know you wanted to ask me some questions, but I'm, I'm kind of wondering with you, like just, um, are there any strategies you're taking right now that are outside the norm from what you've been doing throughout most of the season? Yeah, for sure. And if you're, unless you're just running away with your league, if your answer to that question is no, then you're, you're doing it wrong. Uh Uh, You know, for example, like I think the two leagues probably where this applies the most to me are uh, TGFBI and our Rotowire Stake League. Uh, TGFBI, I mean, I'm, I'm going to win my league, league four, uh, I'm not really in danger of getting caught there, but I, until last night, still had some hopes of, of trying to catch you in the, in the overall race. Uh, hey, don't miss me with that reverse jinx. Dude, <laughs> I had Tyler Glass now, <laughs> Michael Kopech, and Yuli Shasin going last night, so I think that was like a combined uh, 20 earned runs <laughs> in like five innings. So, um, yeah, that, that's, that's not going to get it done. Um, I mean, it... It is what it is, but so in, in that league specifically, um, like I said, I, w- I was probably in the 90th percentile in eight of the 10 categories. Uh, the two where I'm not are saves and stolen bases. Uh, saves, I'm just, I kind of am punting at this point. I just lost a bunch of legitimate closers at a certain point in the year and didn't want to go crazy with fab on, on getting some mediocre guys that would inevitably cough up the job. So I, I just am kind of punting there and trying to gain as much ground as I can in in strikeouts. I'm, I'm thinking I might be able to win the overall uh, strikeout total, uh, come close to winning the overall wins total. And I have enough um, trusty ratio guys in there that I, I think I can still finish pretty high there. Uh, but on the hitting side is where I've really started to do some stuff that I wouldn't normally do. I, I'm trying to make up as much ground as I can in stolen bases. So this week I started Phil Irvin, Roman Quinn. Um, Noted speedster Phil Irvin. <laughs> Noted speedster Phil Irvin. <laughs> uh, a little speed. And Ramon Laureano and Luis Urias, who's not a speedster but has a stolen base. I started Urias over Brandon Crawford, who's not going to steal. I started uh, Ramon Lariano over Shinsu Chu, who's not going to steal. I started Phil Irvin over 
Corey Dickerson, who's not going to steal, and I started Roman Quinn over his teammate, Odabel Herrera, who's barely even playing. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's surprising. I, four, four hitters on my bench who are better hitters than the four guys I'm starting, but I'm just trying to gain ground in steals. Nice, man. I had kind of made an unforced error this week in TGFBI. Um, you know, Kevin Kiermeyer, who I've stuck through with through the horrible times. I mean, just the the worst of the worst times. Um, he was dealing with some sort of injury coming in, and I didn't know if he was going to play. Uh, so I subbed him out. Then he had like two homers yesterday, so that kind of hurt. But I also had Story, so that kind of helped. Three homers yesterday, including that ridiculous. 505 foot shot he really you know between story having him in tgfbi and uh, the online championship he may be and i wasn't even that high on him i didn't think i just thought you know back half of the top 100 see what happens at the middle infield spot uh didn't get him as my starting shortstop in either league either of those two so to see what happens and he's really kind of been the mvp for me who'd you have that lindor guy oh uh, yeah just that lindor guy yeah i oh. think in um TGFBI I actually have Bogarts, who I took over Story. Okay, okay. Which is kind of surprising. Yeah, I mean, the you having Story actually is a – definitely makes a lot of sense because you've been at or near the top for pretty much the entire second half, but you've really started to separate yourself in first place in TGFBI uh, over the past few weeks, I would say. And uh, having Story, I guess – probably explains a good portion of that is that i mean is there ridiculous tear is there another guy that would be kind of second on that list that sort of propelled you ahead of eddie almaguer well yelich oh well okay (laughs) all right i mean i honestly have a ridiculous team i'm not gonna lie it's i got lucky though i mean i things just broke right my my top three in tgfbi were stanton who's been really good realistically just hasn't really been Hasn't really had one of those monumental heaters, but then uh, JD and then Yelich. So sure. I got Yelich. I got lucky. TGFBI was one of the leagues where I, one of the few where I got shut out on Snell, but I got Clevenger in that league. I got like Brad Hand, who's been good. Back seemingly as the top primary option there in, in Cleveland. Uh, Trinan, you know, I've Trinan everywhere. He's been insane. Uh, Jack Flaherty, Walker Bueller, and I, I looked back at some of my drafts, and I can't believe, even though you and I were both saying how much we liked him, I can't believe his his uh, redraft price in the spring. Bueller, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, that was great. That was a that was a fun uh, opportunity there. I have Bueller as well in uh, TGFBI. Um, did you start him this week in in Coors? You know, I did just. Because the last time he went to Coors, he had a great game, and I, I don't think anybody's immune. But I, you know, I had some other just kind of middling options on my bench that I didn't feel deserved the spot start over uh, over Bueller. I uh, I sat him. Um, I mean, I had to get Glass now in there. I had to get Kopech <laughs> in there. Uh, had to make way. Had to get Chassin in there against the Cubs. You know, I mean, the obvious obvious moves. <laughs> Uh, got to sit guys in Coors. Hey, got look, to. you got to. And he had that foot thing. Yeah, no, I hear you. I, <laughs> in that league, you know, I haven't been doing really any other strategies because I, I can't really. I mean, I don't know what the, what I do. You just, I mean, you just kind of set it and forget just, it, yeah, right? At, at this, this point, point like I'm just it's, trying to hold on. Where yeah. can you, when you're out in front in the overall. I don't need to, I don't need to chase anything. Right, right. right you're right, just right. trying to 
you know, continue to pad where you're good. But yeah. what about in the online championship where you're in the top 10 for the overall, the, the NFBC online championship? Um, do, you, do you know how many entries there are in that? 1,700 and some. Okay, and you're I'm where? Six right you're now. You're six. So in that one, you are hunting down five guys. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you're doing differently there, or is it is it close enough? And is is your bench, is the gap between your starters and your bench big enough where you're kind of doing the same thing? Not a ton that I'm doing differently at this stage than I was doing earlier in the season. One thing, though, is like I have a monster lead in saves in my individual league, so I assume I'm like pretty good off there in the overall, although I don't want to lose ground. So I, I've kept two in my lineup, Jansen and Trinan, but I like didn't put in Fry. You know, I started like, that's your boy. I do like Jace Fry. He has like a forty percent K minus walk since the break. But um, <laughs> hey, but no, you I mean just, you just had that stat ready. Oh, you know. Um, <laughs> but like that's actually burned me chasing other stuff because I think the most ground I could actually make up in is in the ratios. And I started like Marco Estrada and oh. like Trevor Richards and sure. these guys who just got rocked. Those force me down, but then like occasionally I'll have like three or four guys going on the same day starting pitchers, and those inevitably I just shoot up. But we're not doing a lot. Like in our stake league, I'm really punting the ratios at this point because my ratios are so locked in. Like I have um, such a good lead there that I just want to try to make up ground and wins and, and Ks and whatnot. Um, really hard though to make up any any ground on the the hitting side, any hitting categories aside from speed. Um, and really, it's really hard to find unless you got Roman Quinn, a guy who's really going to help you there. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm and Greg Allen, of course. Let's see, I'm I'm eleven homers behind you. I'm five runs ahead of you. I'm nine RBI ahead of you. So, and I'm and I'm two stolen bases ahead of you. Like we're back-to-back in all four hitting counting set uh, you categories. Like six points league. total behind me uh, or something less than that. Yeah, seven, seven points behind you. Um, but then, yeah, like you, like I'm doing the opposite on the pitching side. I'm, I started three middle relievers. This, this is an 18 team uh, mixer. I started three middle relievers this past week because I, uh, I think I could get away with keeping uh, in the top two in strikeouts, and I'm currently leading wins, although you're three wins behind me. Uh, and I'm really close in whip and ERA to to a bunch of people, so I'm really trying to gain ground in the ratios. And I think, you know, in September, when the teams that are kind of out of it start paying attention to, like, fantasy football and stuff like that, you know, they'll leave in a guy that might get rocked or something like that. And you actually can, if you're close in those ratios, you actually can gain ground there. If you're, if you're doing smart stuff, like not starting Michael Kopech and uh, Tyler glass. Now you can, you can gain some ground in uh, the ratio department. So yeah, it seems hard, but you can do it at this stage. Like obviously there's a big, big body of innings there, but you can still drag those down. If you, at like in, in September, heading into September, if there's one category that you have to try to gain ground in, uh, which one do you think is the easiest? Offensive or just all oh, total? All, all ten. Um, maybe K's. 
Sure. You just get a funnel of two-star guys. guys, Even though if you're down with your budget, like I am in online championship, that can be pretty hard. Yeah. Really, and that's another aspect, too, is that just, you know, I'm down to literally $4 out of 1000 in the online championship, and I want to get, like, a couple two-star guys, but they're earning these $0 pickups, and so I think I might just sit on those in case an injury strikes right. at a position that I just don't have on my bench. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, it's a 12-team league, so if you lose a shortstop or you lose your corner infielder or whatever, you're going to be able to pick up a serviceable so, guy. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, I just, you know, like last week I was considering a few guys, it's like, well, I need to have the security blanket in case you know, I need to pick up, like, the catcher, you know, somebody like mm-hmm. that, like a another outfielder. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think K is maybe the easiest, though. Steals, if you get a good guy, like if you get somebody or trade for somebody, you know, and they're all bunched up, you can maybe get 10 steals over the final six weeks. It, that could thrust you up. Yeah, but, with steals, it's easy if you get the right guy. Like if yeah. you'd picked up Greg Allen like three weeks ago, then – yeah, sure, it's easy, and you plug him right in, uh, and you kind of take that leap of leap of faith. But if you, uh, I mean, like what I'm doing in TGFBI, I'm I'm starting guys like Roman Quinn, and and then I mean he's fast as hell, but it just how much is he going to play? How much is he going to get on base? And then like Lariano and Phil Irvin, I'm hoping for a steal a week out of those guys. Like yeah. I mean, you know, so it's 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 tough if you if you can't find the right guy. Um, saves is going to be tough this time of year just because. Uh, you just can't be assured that the guy's going to be out there on waivers for you to go get. The trade deadline's passed. Um, yeah, you could get a guy like Nishak who like doesn't even get saves anymore. Yeah, and like the categories like runs and RBI and home runs, like you, you're just you kind of stuck with what you got at this point. Everybody has a full lineup, uh, so it's really tough to to gain ground unless you're just right on someone's heels in either of those categories. Yeah, you're right though that. It's about getting the right guy. You know, I traded in labor. This is going to haunt me forever, I think. But I traded, like, Verlander months back for D. Gordon. That was not the right guy. <laughs> Let me just say that. I thought, oh, man, this guy's going to get me, like, six points in steals, like, four in batting average. He's going to be great. Well, <laughs> doesn't work out as you plan. I'm in second right now, but... Are you chasing um, Larry or no chasing uh, Colton and the Wolf man? Okay. They're like ten points ahead of the pack now. Okay, and yeah, it's just you know not one thing about fantasy baseball is like you just have to be even like weeks that aren't great for you. You just need to be building a good foundation of counting stats because I just went without you know who are you going to pick up when like Correa's injured? Like I literally couldn't find anybody even available in a twelve team AL. And when you have, like, multiple guys like that in your lineup just taking zeros, you may be in first for a while, but, you know, that's going to catch up to you in a hurry. I mean, that that was a a big part of why I'm doing as well as I'm doing in TGFBI is I just have dodged injuries. Uh, I mean, that, the Buxton yeah, me too, me too. issue was a uh, – I mean, that, that sucked. But, like, my next 10 position play – I mean, like, J.D. and Stanton haven't missed time. My next – like 10 position players I drafted have pretty much been healthy all season. So you're just getting that steady stream of reliable accounting stats that with guys that aren't going to hurt your average. Yeah. I've been extremely fortunate in TGFBI with injuries. I think like Erod was like my most significant injury all season. But um, real quick before we sign off one last thing I want to ask you about RDI, 
you and Ian are right up near the top. What are you guys doing to to make that final push? Uh, if you can even, I mean, kind of crying right now because (laughs) we we started uh, Tyler Glass now, and uh, I think we started Bud Norris this week too. Um, So we're, I mean, we're only I think three and a half back of Ryan Bloomfield. Uh, and there's, it's, it's it's pretty clear, like the categories where we can gain ground. Um, so we're just kind of doing sort of obvious stuff there. Uh, the issue is like, so we, you know, people that followed that draft know this, but, uh, we, we drafted probably, uh, the second sort of youngest prospect heavy team in the league behind, uh, Tom and Greg, and then just went trading and so now i i really think we have the best team on paper it's just a matter of gaining that ground because like ryan bloomfield goes in competing right and he and he kills the draft uh so but we've been trying to make up ground on everyone since day one in terms of uh big league talent and we've put together the talent it's just a matter of how many can we can we make up that ground before the season ends? And uh, you know the Chris Sale injury has been yeah, a, a, a killer for us. Uh, I think that if if we'd had Chris Sale healthy this whole time, I, I think we might be in first place. Um, you know, the Kenley Jansen uh, he righted the ship there for for a few months, but then the, the this past sort of month of uncertainty and, and poor performance has been tough too. But um, yeah, I think I think we we have a shot to to run him down. I mean that that's the one that I'm going to be really focusing on probably for the the final four weeks. Yeah, I've fallen out of contention there, but I'm having fun watching it from afar. It's interesting, and yeah, that Jansen thing, man. I I can't help but wonder where I'd be in the overall and the online championship if I had just left uh, Jansen on my bench for that first week. He came back like three blown saves, like mm-hmm. four homers, like good god. That was bad. Just killed my ratios. But, oh, well, good stuff, though, James. We appreciate it. we still got a couple more shows this season. Um, obviously, the minor league seasons have, are winding down, and well, there's not a ton of prospects to talk about. But. Well, I think the final show we do, we'll, we'll recap that uh, preseason draft you and I had of, oh, God. of, of prospects for 2018. Uh, but if you guys have any um, topics you want us to hit uh, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be kind of – running out of stuff so definitely definitely hit us up if you got something yeah let us know definitely but thanks again james talk to you next week on the rotowire prospect podcast brought to you by fanduel
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.